Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Project BCF. We are your best cousin friends, Sam and Chris. And today we're going to have workout unstructured talk time. <laughs> Another round of poor this or that's. I did not come prepared. And we're going to talk about the Chinese movie Shadow, which we mentioned a few episodes ago, and we decided to watch it. So exciting stuff this week. <laughs> Nothing will top our episode about True Beauty <laughs> Part 2, though. <laughs> Too good. <laughs> that episode is doing so well. And we are shocked if you're still listening to this episode. Thank you. That's all we have to say because we have no idea what's happening. <laughs> what's your topic for unstructured talk time? My topic for unstructured talk time was what workouts did you do before COVID and what have you given up now that it is past one year into COVID and technically gyms are still operating at 25% capacity or whatnot? Did you go back to the gym? Are you working out? <laughs> this is a humiliating topic for me. <laughs> like many people during the pandemic, activity has just gone to a slow crawl. Literally, all I do is crawl out of bed, and that is my activity. Before COVID, I used to do a lot of hot yoga. And so obviously being trapped in a room full of everyone excreting their human sweat is not covid friendly and during hot yoga you do like lion's breath and stuff like that right like mm -hmm. you really hiss you really breathe hard and you know i just don't feel comfortable <laughs> with doing that i know for a period of time hot yoga was open and people were going to it but it's just such a unnecessary risk i don't really want to take i mean the good thing about my primary workout being yoga is that it is kind of not bad to do home yoga there's a lot of home yoga videos but obviously you just kind of lose motivation after a while so the beginning of the pandemic i was still trying to work out because i was like in that mindset of oh two weeks to just work out get fit maybe lose some weight and then it turned into a year and now i'm like does the human form even matter does my body <laughs> even exist oh gosh yeah so that's where i'm at how about you I agree. Um, I did a lot of hot yoga before pandemic hit, and I just don't see myself going back. In fact, I actually just canceled membership forever earlier this week. Ooh. Yeah, they pause it and because they're like, oh, COVID's happened. We have to shut down. And then they pause mm -hmm. it for everybody. And then earlier this month, I got a notice saying, we're opening again. Also, you will be billed this amount of money. I was paying like 175 for all access, however many classes you want per month. And they're like, mm -hmm. you will get billed 175 in two weeks. And I was like, uh, I don't see myself going back, even though they are opening. You have to wear a mask in class. It's the same studio, so it's still like a very enclosed area. And yeah, I just don't feel safe. And hot yoga is just undoable outdoors. Over here mm -hmm. in California, we have a lot of outdoor classes. Like I used to take boxing yeah. and they have 100% transition to outdoor boxing classes. That's good at least. Would you go back to boxing? Would you feel comfortable with that? Probably, maybe, but I just got lazy. Yeah. Like I just got not into working out as much. Yeah. 
And it's weird because my boyfriend, he went back to the gym this week and he's been going like every day and he got the vaccine this week. So I'm just like, so apparently he finds it okay to go back to the gym. I think he's also thinking like he can't get the same motivation working out outside or at home. And so he needs that motivation of like other people at the gym looking at him. I mean, maybe they're not looking at him. Who's he performing for at the gym? You should ask yourself that question. (laughs) Other bros, I guess. Other muscled bros uh, that lift more than he does. Or so I'm told. (laughs) You never know. Just kidding. Just kidding. I doubt I will go back to hot yoga either. I just had like a class pass kind of situation where I think I had maybe like one class left. But I think I'll just forgo it because you're right, hot yoga, the room needs to be boiling hot, right? Otherwise, you're just doing yoga. And the point is yeah. of hot yoga is that you get this like immense sweat release and that translates mm-hmm. into like stress release <laughs> or something, right? So yeah. It's like, mm. yeah. And I, yeah. I have also just lost motivation. So much of my mental space now is taken up by all of this pandemic shit that I'm just like, oh, I can't think about one more thing Mm -hmm. to do. I know it'll make me feel better, but I just, you know, sometimes you just want to wallow in your your feelings. And this is that time for me. Like, I'm just like, oh, like I can't force myself out of this. Like I need to just feel this pit of nothingness as my body disintegrates and my muscles go away. (laughs) I will say after pandemic hit, I think the first few months I was like religiously doing Emmy Wong's workouts. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go again. Why? Emmy Wong propaganda being shoved down my throat again. <laughs> okay, she's just so much better than the other ones. <laughs> okay, but who are the other ones? Like, who do you not enjoy working out with? Like, Chloe Ting. Okay, I will say I've only seen like snippets of her vids. Blogilates, which is like Cassie Ho, who's like the OG mm-hmm. yoga Pilates girl on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I used to take online yoga classes that held their live streams through YouTube. And they all just, they're not as good, you know, because they're too peppy. And Emmy Wong is like peppy, but she's also like, I know you're a lazy person. So try out these moves because I know you're lazy. So do you find Emmy Wong's workouts effective, though? Like, are you fit because you do Emmy Wong workouts? Sort of. <laughs> okay. I, I would say sort of. Depending on how hard you mentally push yourself, I would say her plank videos are pretty good. I did that with my mom, and we were both dying over these planks. And I think the pop pilates stuff it's longer and not as quick so emmy wong's videos are like super short she has five minute videos 15 minute videos and like 20 30 minute videos and so it's easy to just put into there at any time of your day because you're working from home right but i don't think i want to do like hour plus long workouts anymore and so it was just easy to do in the middle of the day so you actually go do those five 10 minute workouts in the middle of your day Sometimes. She has three-minute videos of K-pop dance. (laughs) K-pop dances. Interesting. Should I be ashamed? Of what? Your Emmy Wong (laughs) love? You're like her biggest stan. I hope Emmy Wong listens to this. I am her biggest stan. Yeah. I commend you for implementing workouts throughout the day. That's really hard to do. I used to do a lot of yoga with Adrian, And I like her because she's also not 
that intense for a home workout person you'll get a good yoga session in but it's not like doing those really hard like strengthening ones and she focuses a lot on like taking time out to just breathe and meditate which is something I probably need to do but I just gave up I don't know why I just can't bring myself I see the videos I know that they're not even that long but I'm just like even the thought of taking out the yoga mat I'm like no (laughs) yeah it's my body cannot yeah I don't even take out the yoga mat. good for you I mean I don't do it anymore by the way I know I'm an Emmy Wong stand but I basically like stopped watching her videos no offense oh (laughs) no offense Emmy Wong yeah well then why are you defending her so strongly because I still think she makes really good videos and I follow her on Instagram and I like seeing her dogs which, by the way, walking my dog has basically become the form of exercise for me, which is like not a ton of minutes per day. It's max like 30 minutes a day, but it's power walking. So I end up sort of feeling like it's a workout. But yeah, I, I would say it has helped a little bit because if I didn't have a dog to walk, I'd just be kind of lounging on the couch all day. <laughs> yeah, aka me. This is a really sad topic. I feel like I should exercise. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was doing a ton of Chloe Ting workouts because that's like when she blew up. Everyone was doing that ab video, right? Oh, yeah, because home workouts. Yeah. And I was like pretty motivated to do it, but then it just stopped. There's just one period of probably one week where I was like on my period or something and I was just like, no, I'm not getting back into it. And I just never did. It's okay to feel that way. probably though. No, I think it's totally fine to like wallow because I don't do a ton of workouts anyways. I really just think it's fine to walk outside for a couple of minutes and breathe the fresh air. Mentally, that helps me just continue with just Monday to Friday working at home. I just don't see myself turning on a yoga video or like a squats video and getting that same mental freedom of just walking outside. And That's true. Did you watch um, the movie Soul? Yeah, I did. You know that part where he's like learning how to live life or appreciate life and he's seeing like the leaves fall? That's me now. (laughs) That's you every time you go outside. You're learning how to live life. I'm just like, I should just be happy that I can smell air outside. (laughs) And so that's what I do. That's a good outlook. Good for you. Very positive. Good job. (laughs) I feel like I feel like I just like slammed you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even trying to be sarcastic, but I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I need to go do that. (laughs) It's fine to also just stay at home and lounge on the couch and watch K-dramas or dramas or Chinese movies. Yeah, for the pod. (laughs) The pod is becoming our second baby. No. What What was our first? first (laughs) (laughs) The pod is our first baby. And I'm not going to lie. I think doing the podcast does take up a lot of time, too. Yeah, it does. So I'm like, yeah, it's like fun and I like doing it. But because I carved out this time and space for it, it's like something had to go. Yeah. Yep. And working out just seems to have fallen off. It's okay. I'm thinking about what I had to sacrifice. And I guess what went was some of working time and... (laughs) (laughs) And I guess cleaning time. Oh, Lord. Which we all know how you feel about cleaning. You would never give up cleaning time, right? I don't think so. As I said before, I just can't think about anything else and I have to do it. So my brain carves out that time 
for me. Yeah, I guess I kind of gave that up. I mean, I wasn't doing a ton before, but I mean, I'm still like vacuuming and like doing the dishes and like wiping down countertops sometimes. But okay, that's also something I listened back to and I was like, why if you wipe your countertops, why don't you just wipe your stove? Because it's like, okay, my reasoning behind this is, you know, the grit, what do you call that thing on top? It's like a griddle, <laughs> the stove, like the cage thing. Yeah, the cage thing. It's also dirty, by the way. And when I take it out, I'm like, oh, crap, I need to clean this too. And so I want to clean the whole thing. And I'm just like, might as well ignore the whole thing for now and just clean around it, which is the countertops. The face you're giving me What's right now is just... What's the point of that? <laughs> I just don't understand. It just gets worse and worse. The stuff just gets more baked on and more baked on. Yeah. Whereas if you cleaned it right now and then took the time to maintain it, it would just be fine. It would be easier to maintain. But now it's a huge ordeal. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You are right. I absolutely right. My B. I said I wouldn't judge you anymore. My B. flamed again do some more unstructured talk time should i come up with my own topic what happened recently that was interesting you're like oh life is worth living again i don't know if it's worth living but (laughs) i got a promotion at work yay yay (laughs) okay we don't sound that excited about it (laughs) i mean congrats so okay i was thinking So I met my new team yesterday during like a virtual drinks thing. So how do you make new work friends? Maybe this isn't a good topic for you because the last time you tried to make a work friend, (laughs) the pandemic happened and you never made friends with them. This is like a depressing topic for me. Okay, okay. Let's let's talk about something else. I guess you could talk about how do you know who you click with at work? Yeah, okay. That's a good one. That's hard because office politics are mad crazy. And if you've been working long enough, you know, it's really hard to reveal your true self at work. Everyone Mm -hmm. always has more than one face when they're at work, even between your coworkers to your boss to other people in other groups that you don't really work with. You have such a different face every day. So it's really hard for me to not be myself. But I've had to rein that in because I think it was... No, no, really. Yeah, it was getting me in trouble. I've learned to become a little more softer in my approach, you know, really feel people out first. So mm-hmm. it takes a long, long time for me to become friends with someone I click with or to find that I click with them. Yeah. How do you do it? I think I've become one of those people that's extra cautious because you don't know how people are in the beginning but i will say in the beginning of this job which it's been six months so far since i started my new job and because it's fully distributed fully remote you don't feel that pressure to be like i need to be friends with you because they live in like four states over you probably will only see them maybe once in person Mm -hmm. i will say in the past i've been more of the observer approach like how are the team dynamics and like How do people talk to each other? And then get an idea of like, oh, would that person and I gel? Or are they just too harsh? Like, are they aiming for the boss's position? Because I have met a couple coworkers like that. And I want to be around like humble people. I feel like I'm cutting the line in a sense if I make friends with people who are like a higher 
like manager level or like VP. I feel like there's always that sense of HR, being aware that HR is in the middle of that kind of relationship. I'd be cordial and nice to them, but never would be like, oh, I'm your friend. How do you feel about making friends with managers who are not directly in your line of work? Like, let's say there's another manager and you just notice you guys have similar hobbies. Would you become Hmm. friends with them? I think that's totally fine. As long as they don't already have a friendship or a personal relationship with my manager. Because it's very possible, and this has happened, not to me, but it's happened to someone else that I worked with. Because she was friends with a person who was a manager on another team, they retained her and let go the rest of her team. That other department's manager's team was staying. They're like, oh, we can move this person who's her friend into her team. Which is just awkward to me, but I mean, good for her so that she kept a job, but also sucks for her because she basically got a job change when she didn't want that job and her entire team was let go. I feel like it becomes weird because that was her friend. It became her boss and she couldn't be as real with her anymore. I see. But does your friend think that friendship was a good thing in the end? Like, was she happy to keep a job, essentially? I think she was like, she's one of my best friends and I'm so happy to have known her. I'm so happy to be there for her and she for me. But at the end of the day, she didn't want that job. And the fact that they were friends basically ensured her that job. So in a sense, like, okay, I'm glad I didn't get laid off. But at the same time, I'm doing a job that I don't want as a subordinate for my friend now. So that's just awkward, I think. To me, like if I was in her position, I'd be like, I'm looking for a job ASAP. Like I need to get out of here. Yeah, that is awkward. I can see that. So yeah, I think it depends. If you feel comfortable and anything you say to that person who's like a manager of another department won't bite you in the butt. Like if you're not ranting to them about the business or stuff like that, I think it's fine. But if there is a chance of that happening, I would still be a little bit guarded. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going through right now. So I do have a work bestie, but she's on mat leave like every other human alive during COVID, they are procreating. So she just went on mat leave a week ago. And we both have this mutual friend. And she's a manager in a group that I kind of interface with, but not too much. But we both know that we both rant to my friend who just went on mat leave, right? About a lot of things that overlap. And now we're trying to feel each other out. Like, can we rant to each other? Question mark. Mm-hmm. An awkward dance. We're kind of like, shall we say it? Shall we say it? And it's like, no, we're not going to say it. No. No. Yeah. Can't say we it. just don't say it. Yeah. It's rare for me to be really personal friends with someone at work who might have more power than I do. Yeah. In the past, I've had a coworker become my boss. It was a strange transition. You just can't be as truthful as you are. If you are truthful, you, your approach just has to be more conscious. You can't say things that will come off wrong. Yeah. So I try to avoid that at all costs, just for that reason. Once I leave that job, though, I feel totally okay talking to that person and like being honest and being friends with people after I've left the job. I see. Look at us. We're turning into ABG right now. Isn't this like what they just discuss all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like working relationships and stuff. Yeah. Whoops. We're crossing over. But I wouldn't say I'm a boss girl. So 
just a pleb. I'm just not. Just a peasant. I'm not. Begging for scraps <laughs> from my master. Yep. I'm not. I, I wouldn't call myself a boss girl either. No offense. To who? Who are you offending? To all the Asians who are like, be more assertive or like, be more strong. Don't be afraid. I feel like that's you. But for me, I'm like, I pick my battles, you know? I'm not a boss girl. I just work hard at what I think I should work hard. And if I don't want to, I don't. Interesting. I wouldn't say that's boss girl. I would say that's just... No? Do you think so? That I'm a boss girl? Remember, you're like, if I see something and it's like, you'll just call yeah. it out now. You're a bit more vocal yeah. about stuff. I feel like that's boss girl behavior. And sometimes if I see stuff, I'm just like, ignore. I don't know. It's just a response. Sometimes I can't even help it. Like, for example, one time, a long, long time ago, I don't work there anymore. I have a friend who kind of looks like me, but not really. I think really the only thing we have in common is that we're two Asian girls. Let's say her name is Sophia. So one time this guy was walking past me in the halls and he's just like, hey, Sophia, blah, blah, blah about this work. And I looked at him and I just went totally gut response. I went wrong Asian and his face just dropped. He was a white guy, obviously. He turned red. He was really embarrassed and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, it's cool. Just wrong Asian, like whatever. I didn't even think about it. It just came out of me. And then I told the story to a couple of my other white coworkers, and they're like, how could you do that? I'm like, why am I made to feel bad that he can't tell Asians apart? Why do I have to feel bad about mm -hmm. that? Shouldn't he feel bad that he doesn't know how to tell two people who don't even really look that alike but are just Asian apart? Because mm -hmm. I talked to my friend Sophia, and she's like, oh, I literally had a meeting with him like 20 minutes before that where he looked me in the eye the whole time. And I'm like, then how does he not know that you and I are different people, right? I shouldn't be made to feel bad that mm -hmm. I have a natural response that's just like, yeah, dude, wrong Asian. I do kind of feel bad because of his response because he got so embarrassed and he came up to me after and apologized. And I think from that day on, he's never forgotten which Asian I really am. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's good. But also, yeah, it's kind of bad on him for not recognizing. It just kind of perpetuates that, like, uh, all Asians look the same. You're probably, like, heard it before and I'm sick of it. Don't get it, like, yeah, people shouldn't get it wrong. Yeah, like, I don't think it's that hard. There's literally three Asians on the floor. I don't want to defend him because I don't think that was a correct thing to do. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I understand that he was very apologetic. And I, of course, took his apology because, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, I think that was a lesson to him. <laughs> like, don't get the wrong mm -hmm. Asian. But is that boss girl behavior? I don't know. I just feel like it's... I think so. I just feel like it's natural. What else was uh, I supposed I to say? I feel like I would... In that situation, I think I would have been like, that's not me. Or I just turn around because you're not... You're addressing me, but you're not... This is not content that's for me, you know? Yeah. So I just feel like... Yeah. <laughs> you know like turn away and like you just walk away the cold shoulder <laughs> yeah you just say pretend anything? he doesn't exist huh. that or like i don't think i don't think this is for, meant for me i see yeah i guess maybe there are better ways to approach it but to me honestly <laughs> i think if it were to happen to me now again i would say the same thing i just be like wrong mm -hmm. asian yeah i know what you're thinking so i'm a 
put you in your place right now. I feel like that's boss girl behavior, but I mean, maybe I have a distorted version of what boss girl means. Maybe I need to re-listen to that podcast. <laughs> I wonder. We should write in and say, is this boss girl behavior from, <laughs> yeah. from your twin podcast? <laughs> You're not their twin podcast. No, 100% not. Shall we do this or that? Yes. I don't have good ones. I don't know if I have good ones either, but I feel like I could still talk about them. Okay. Who would you rather listen to forever? Dua Lipa or Adele? <laughs> forever? Like they're the only artists I can listen to? No, like it's like one or the oh, like okay. one of them is going away forever. I choose Dua Lipa. I know you hate her. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't hate her. Are I you kidding? You literally spent the whole summer one time complaining about her breakup song. I mean, she has a million, but the rules one. <laughs> like don't pick up the phone i'm not gonna sing it it's too bad <laughs> sing it no i probably sound like dua lipa because you always complain that she's monotone and i'm kind of monotone <laughs> so she's okay well yeah i don't like that song See? by the way but she's made some bops after that so i mean she's like okay in my book now yeah, she but she's did not like Bob's my favorite. I told you the she's not like really amazing or anything. Sorry, what's the song before Levitating? Is it the one that goes One Kiss is yeah. all it takes? Or... <laughs> Congrats, you're singing now. Or I was gonna ask if that's New Rules, but I forgot how New Rules goes. No, new... why don't you sing it one more time? <laughs> I'm not being tricked in this. <laughs> one Kiss, that's a really good song. I will say that is on the same playing field as new rules for me and i don't even remember how new rules sounds but it's a little bit more monotone and that's why i didn't like that but then when levitating came out i was like oh this is a really fun song so the only song you like is levitating wait who are you picking is it adele or dua lipa uh, i think i would choose adele what okay <laughs> what's your reasons oh uh, you know i like ballads and she has a lot of good her voice is just so powerful and she has so many good sad breakup anthems and so that's why i choose her interesting her new album better slap in terms of breakup songs otherwise <laughs> it's gonna be such a letdown yeah. because she got divorced from that normal guy yeah i think we're all really excited for her next album yeah i think adele just she's more for a ballad lover and i'm just kind of like eh. <laughs> i'm lukewarm on some of her ballads like i think there's a time and a place but i never like go out for a walk and think man I'm really going to jam out to some Adele today, unless I'm like depressed rock bottom. Unless I'm like, <laughs> I have lost my life savings. Mm. My boyfriend cheated on me with his ex-girlfriend. Then I'll turn on some Adele. But until then, I'll listen to Levitating more often. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would probably listen to Levitating a lot too. I actually, I'm forced to do it because my boyfriend has been really into Dua Lipa for like the last month. Right? <laughs> And he'll just like blast her music <laughs> out of her, out of his car, I'm, and I'll just be like, "Somewhere, Dua Lipa." Okay, I'm a bit confused. I never pegged him for a Dua Lipa <laughs> stand. It's true. That's pretty accurate. I did not as well. I have mixed emotions about this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Okay. All right. What do you got? Which actor would you like to co-star with more? 
Lee Jung-suk or Park Bo-gum? Random, but that's all I have. You know, I have a similar question oh, to this. <laughs> Lee Jung-suk or Park Bo-gum? Hmm. It's a rom-com, right? It's unknown. It can be for every- anything. <laughs> but I guess maybe this... No. Because let's be honest, like Lee Jung-suk, I think he's a good rom-com actor. I enjoyed Romance as a bonus book, and I have been standing for it for a long time, even though you refuse to watch it. Maybe we should finish watching I finished. it. <laughs> That'll be I our next finished. one. <laughs> I okay, did yeah, not. Yeah, fine. Let's finish it. I mean, maybe I can. Maybe I can with the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm down for that. Let's finish it. Ah, oh, dang it. What the heck? <laughs> but his genre specialty is a supernatural story like w Mm, fantasy yeah while you're sleeping i can hear your voice he plays those characters really really well so it's like unfair if i say rom-com because his genre truly he excels in that fantasy and park i don't know did you watch anything with him yeah i watched that one where he is the king and he fell in love with the eunuch Mm -hmm. who literally looks like a woman no matter what she <laughs> does. She crossed, but it's our favorite trope. So I was like surprised you didn't like it as much. No, I, I just spent the whole time being like, look at her. Just someone take a look at her. <laughs> <laughs> just anyone with eyes, please look at her. Use them. Come on. I was just, I couldn't. I have to kind of believe it myself. That's why Coffee Prince worked because she did, she committed. She got a fucking bowl cut and she wore binders. Like she really did her part to make me believe that they believe that she was a man, you know? And they still would, like, kind of make fun of it. Like, oh, you're kind of feminine. Like, even they had, like, hints. But in this one, they just were, like, blind. They were like, yeah, what a man. (laughs) And you were just like, what? Anyways, whatever. I watched that, and I watched Reply 1988? 1988, I think. That is also a drama with really bad second lead syndrome. Well, he, he got the girl in real life, so. Yeah, but Park Bogum doesn't care. <laughs> in real life, they weren't really competing for her. <laughs> I think I'd choose Yi Jong Just for the... And, and I really like both of them a lot, by the way. And I think it's solely because I like the fantasy genre in K-dramas a lot. And Park Bogum just doesn't do those. And... Record of Youth, I tried watching it. Oh my god, it was so boring. <laughs> not a lot happens in it, yeah. Literally just like a record. Like, it's not even a drama. It's just like a record of youth being a youth. <laughs> I mean, it was correctly named then. Yep. Yeah, I just thought it was really boring. And so I think I am more excited for Lee Jong-suk's next drama comeback. And I, I hope it's another fantasy because I think you're right. He does this really well. Yeah. I would choose Lee Jong-suk too. I think, obviously, I prefer most of the dramas he's been in compared to Park Bo-gum. I guess I didn't watch that many Park Bo-gum dramas, but they don't speak to me as much. And even in Reply 1988, he kind of plays a character that's pretty not very relatable. Not someone mm. that I was like, huh, okay, I get why she's like super in love with him and she chooses him in the end. Second lead syndrome in that drama is really strong because the second lead really puts in the effort. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. She ends up with Park Bogum. I was hella confused. I think everyone was kind of like, oh my gosh, she ends up with him. But some people were like, oh yeah, that's what I wanted. And some people were like, 
But what about that other guy? The other guy was like totally set up to be the the guy she ends up with. Yep. So yeah. Oh, she's Yi Sak. And yeah, I'm excited for his next drama. I wonder if he'll have a mullet in it. How do you feel about that? Oh god. I hope not. He has a mullet now. Or at least tie it up or something. <laughs> tie it up. <laughs> but it looks okay because he's like modeling right now. And so he has kind of that tall model look. So it, the mullet is fine for that. But as the lead in a K-drama, I'm like, please cut it off. Please. I don't get it. I don't get how one can be appropriate and one cannot. But all right. You're the one with the hair preference. Okay. Should I do mine now? Yeah. Who would you rather be on Running Man? Kwang Su or Kim Jong-kook? Isn't it obvious? I want to be the strong one. I want to be Kim Jong-kook. What? I would not choose Kim Jong-kook. Why? Because he has so much pressure to be strong. Yeah, but he does. He just does it. <laughs> no, and it's, I get more screen time as Kwang Su. And there's kind of like that gap, that role reversal. He's also an actor. He doesn't always have to play the pitiful character because he's an actor. What do you mean he doesn't always have to play the pitiful character? Like on Running Man and they're always like making fun of him. But outside of Running Man, I could be someone else, you know, that's not really me. But you said in Running Man. Yeah, but so I can still be him outside of Running Man. But in Running Man, I'm totally fine playing the pitiful character because then I get more screen time. Yeah, I guess. But when you're Guangxu, everyone doesn't trust you. <laughs> oh, you like never win the game, you mean? Yeah, you never win the game because everyone has already established that you're like this person who's gonna try to take away something from them at the very end. So they always have their eye on you. It's impossible for him to play the game honestly. He can never play the game honestly. Whereas mm. like Kim Jong-kook, yeah, like he can just win based on merit, right? Like there are certain games he can just purely win just because he's the strongest or the fastest. And he doesn't need to rely on psychological warfare <laughs> to win. Whereas like Guangxi, he mostly depends on being able to trick people and craft a mind game. Having brute strength and... Because Kim jong can also do that. Mm -hmm. He can also play a mind game. So I think he can do both. But people just trust Kim Jong-kook more because he has less of a history of backstabbing. Mm, I can see that. That'd be a good reason why to be him. I just think like over the years, he's also just gotten like, and I think maybe all of them have, but he's just had like a real beating to his body. So I feel like he can't be strong forever. And I feel bad that he has to play the strong one just because of his stature. Yeah, but I think he likes it. Obviously, he likes showing off his physical prowess. True. He does have abs. I mean, Guangxu has abs too, though, right? I don't know. Does he? It's not like I've looked up shirtless <laughs> Guangxu photos. True, true. I think he does. Or maybe he doesn't anymore. It's fine. Your best friend could be Song Junki, I guess. Uh, yeah. If I think about being Guangxu, I'd be like, oh, at least I could hang out with Dio, <laughs> Song Junki. John Sung, like all these cool people. But then you're the uncoolest of all of them. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Unfortunately, that sucks. But <laughs> at least I'd still be in their friend group. You just thought about it. You're like, oh, yeah. How would that dynamic play out? Maybe in real life, they're. No, I think he would still be kind of the pitiful character. Yeah, there's no way your best friend is fucking so jinky and you're like, yeah, I'm the stud. <laughs> Me. <laughs> true, true. Makes no sense. 
Okay, what do you have next? When I have nothing to say, I always go back to food ones. Which would you rather have? Ice cream or bubble tea, aka boba for all these Americans? Like, you just have one for a lifetime. No. Yeah, bro. I was just talking about boba today because there's a boba shortage in the world, apparently. <laughs> I think we good over here. I haven't <laughs> heard anything about our boba supply. <laughs> Another reason to come to Canada. Because there's plentiful boba. Plentiful boba, no vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, which sucks. Any type of ice cream? Yeah. What about gelato? Yeah. That's not ice cream. What about soft serve? Bro. That's not ice cream. What about yo- frozen yogurt? If it's frozen and has a dairy slash milk origin of any kind, tis an ice cream. I'll let you have fucking sorbet, though. You can have sorbet. <laughs> but I was going to say, what about like the non-dairy alternatives? Yeah. Like I'm saying any milk, dairy or otherwise. Like a soy alternative. I don't care. It's ice cream. If you eat it like ice cream, it's ice cream. (laughs) This one is too hard. Forever? Yeah. Or just for desserts? What? No, forever. (laughs) Stop trying to loophole it. No. (laughs) Just pick. Oh, my God. Okay, I guess I have to just pick boba. But I love ice cream. That's why this is such a tough question. Yeah. Okay, I choose boba, though, because... Boba, I like the taste of different types of milk tea with like honey or like syrupy bobas. There's just nothing that beats the taste of it. I think it's unique and it's, you know, it's like a throwback to Taiwan, I guess. When did you go to Taiwan? I didn't go back. (laughs) Oh, okay. Then why are we throwing it back to Taiwan? (laughs) Throwback to what in Taiwan? Can you elaborate? That's where where it originated. So, no, I know, but why are you throwing it back to Taiwan? (laughs) Because it makes me think this is where it came from. So, like, that's where I want to, you know, like, isn't the origin of ice cream Italy or something? Did I just make that up? (laughs) I honestly have no idea. Maybe. Okay, I would choose boba. I would choose any type of boba. There's like white bobas and, you know, the regular brown ones. And then some are like sweeter than others. And then mm. some are like stickier than others. It, uh, yeah. I, I would so like. So you choose them all over ice cream? Yeah, I think so. You know what? I will also choose boba because I think for me, I can't have too many really, really rich things. I just get really sick of it. And I don't really love dairy products that much. I like ice cream, don't get me wrong, but I'm not the type of person who, if I go to the ice cream store, I can have two scoops of something. I can only have one scoop. And versus like boba, I feel even if you don't get a milk tea or something like that, a fruit tea is really refreshing to me. And so there's more variety for me in that sense Mm -hmm. that I can choose something that's not milk based and still get that sweet fix in mm-hmm. i agree for me it's also nostalgic because that's kind of where we used to hang out in high school we'd be like let's go get milk tea and so we would just hang out in parking lots drinking milk tea and that would be the thing to do now you're revealing yourself to be a normal abg not a boss girl but asian baby girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we didn't do anything else in these parking lots. We literally just drank boba. I'm sad. You should have had a boyfriend who had an Acura RSX that was blue. And then I wish, dude. <laughs> I didn't. I'm so disappointed with my high school self. Yeah. Why weren't you an ABG? You were like in the prime location to actually be a legit baby girl. Why? You were drinking boba and you were one third there. <laughs> I think it's definitely because I grew up in a school that was 70% Asian already. So the cool Asian roles were already taken up by the actual cool Asians. <laughs> <laughs> so what role were you? You're just like the try hard to study Asian but doesn't really get great grades Asian. Oh my god, the saddest Asian. <laughs> That's so sad. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, I'm sure you got decent grades. I mean, look at you now. You graduated high school and <laughs> college. I was going to say, look at me now, what? <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay, who do you choose? Domyoji or Hanazawa Rui? Japanese version. Okay. For all who don't know, it's Hanayori Dango, Boys Over Flowers. The OG. The OG. Honestly, if Matsujin. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to refer to her as her actor's name, Mao. If I were her and I was in that situation, honestly, I don't think I could fall in love with Domioji. I thought about it after we discussed, you know, Hanayori Dango 1 versus Hanayori Dango 2. <laughs> I thought right. about it and I was like, that's just too extreme. The things he put me through were not teasing. They were not small things. That was hella extreme. Even the later episodes, like where he, you know, he gets sick in the elevator. Or like in Hanayori Dango too, where he comes after her in the snow. Yeah. I just think the initial bullying is too much. My personality is shut off. Once something bad happens, I'm just like, uh, it's like really hard for me to forgive without grudges. So I don't think I could. So I chose Rui. And he was fucking cool in the drama too. It's not like he was a lame-o. He was like piano playing. Nice. He saved her a few times. He stood up to Domyoji. He was overall a good guy. And I get why he's second lead and he'll never get the girl. But at the same time, if it were me... I don't think I could overcome all of those things at the beginning. When he asked to lick his shoe, it'd be over for me. I'd be like, there's no romance here. It's dead. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? But with Hanazawa Rui, like he's in love with someone else for like a good portion of the entire series. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Like you would never get his affection for the better part of knowing him. Yeah, that's okay. I think that happens in real life too, right? You know, there's probably lots of examples where people like their friends and their friends like someone else. So you just secretly pine over them for years. Mm. I, I think that's better than being told to lick your boyfriend's shoe before he's your boyfriend. Am I wrong? <laughs> True. No, there's valid points. I'm just like... You choose Domyoji. I guess I'm just like, oh, the romance wouldn't have been as epic if she chose... Of Rui. course not, but... I don't need an epic romance. What a pleb answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a pleb. I want someone to treat me nicely. Okay, so you choose Domyoji? I really want to. What the heck? But you have some valid points about Rui. About he's just like generally the better guy. Yeah. Because he treats her nicely. Like he treats her like a human the whole time. 
versus Domyoji treats her like a subhuman for 50% of the time and the other 50% he treats her like an amazing goddess. Does it even out? I don't know. For some people, it might. What a dilemma. <laughs> Your own dilemma. You created it. <laughs> I didn't even think about this when I created it. I was going to just be like, yeah, epic romance with Domyoji trumps everything. Well, then, if that's your gut, go with I it. I feel like this is me okaying the bullying thing, <laughs> which is not okay. Well, we'll have differing opinions. One will see that I'm a moral, upright citizen. <laughs> and you're saying because I choose Domyoji, I am not the moral, upright citizen because I'm condoning Domyoji with, with the shoe licking. <laughs> I'm just kidding, obviously. But it's whatever you prefer. You know, it's just a this or that. It's not serious. All right, she's Domyoji. I'm sorry. It's because we would get two seasons and a movie with epic romance, okay? But you know how before you said for all of those reality show dating choices, you would want to flex your ability to chase a guy? Wouldn't it be better to chase a guy like Rui, who, yeah, maybe his attention is somewhere else, but you can charm you can do the flirting. I don't know. I think it would be a better f- big fish if I was charming Domioji. It just seems so impossible. With Rui, he's like nice to everyone, almost. Yeah, I guess it is an obstacle to make your bully fall in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With Rui, it's more like I could chase him as much as he want, but he would probably reject me a lot of times because he's 100% in love with someone else. And he has a lot of admirers. So does Domioji. Yeah, but it's more like, oh, I fear him, so I like him. You know, because he's like the head honcho of F4. I guess. Something unrelatable to me. I've never been like, I fear him, so I like him. <laughs> it's a Hanoyori Dango mentality. Sure. I'm like putting myself in the drama. I think in real life, yeah, it would be very difficult. <laughs> Interesting. Well, there you have it, folks. One of us condones bullying and the other doesn't. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. That was sarcasm for our few listeners that we now have. So what are we watching this week? So this week we decided to do something totally different. We are not discussing romance or Song Joong-ki, which is... Boo. Boo, yeah. Oops, my bad. (laughs) But I had mentioned this Chinese movie before in a previous episode, called Shadow, and it was released in 2018, and the short synopsis is, to finally achieve victory over a rival kingdom, a brilliant general devises an intricate plan involving his wife, a lookalike, and two kings. So this was a really well-received movie in China, and the reason why I suggested we watch it is because it's a big departure for us as a podcast to watch this type of content. But that's what this podcast is all about, right? Like bringing stuff that we wouldn't necessarily be interested off the bat and trying to discuss it and see if anyone else likes it too, right? So it's a really well done movie in terms of the directing, the acting, and the cinematography. I will say it's super engaging in that sense because you're not seeing a movie like this done by Western media very often. Mm -hmm. And it's just so well done. And the themes that run through the movie are really deep. And they always bring it back to it, like the yin and the yang. That theme is super prevalent. And you can kind of see it even through, like, costume design. Like, the people only wear white or black. 
and it's cool in that sense. Like I really enjoyed this kind of art house take on the Three Kingdoms, whereas like a lot of other Chinese movies about it are pretty blockbuster. Mm -hmm. They apply kind of the superhero themes for like, let's say a Marvel movie to Chinese cinema. But this is more like, I don't know, it's like an indie director's take, it feels like, on a blockbuster movie. So Mm. how did you like it? I should preface this with saying I don't usually watch Chinese movies, especially like wuxia, olden timey kung fu. (laughs) I don't want to say kung fu, but martial arts types movies where the action is a lot of sword or fist fighting. My dad loves that, by the way. And I guess I would have to say this was just visually really interesting, but it was hard to like keep my attention on it because it was all monotone throughout. It's like kind of all the same color. And I guess this is where like the cinematography comes and editing comes into play. But yeah, it's like you have to be paying attention to what's happening. And sometimes I'd just be like, what is happening? Like, honestly... As the movie started, I opened up Wikipedia and I was like, what is happening? (laughs) So I like read spoilers as I was watching this movie because I didn't understand it. And that's just a habit I have. At the end, did you understand it? I think so. You were talking about themes and like motifs and stuff. I think it was visually the yin and yang was interesting, but I didn't get that it meant I had to read Wikipedia. I didn't get that it was the feminine fighting style and like the male fighting style like I really didn't understand that I was like oh well so I guess he just wants to choose the ones that will beat that guy yeah but yeah I thought it was really interesting I would say the most interesting scene was the one where they infiltrate the city with all the the umbrella swords yeah and then they like roll down the rain (laughs) with the umbrella swords I was like wow that was really cool looking it's I don't know what they're doing but it's cool looking I always think back like whoa if you think about it, if this really even was one-fifth true, that's fucking crazy that people back then could do that. They could devise yeah. things like that. They could literally plan things like that. I mean, there's still crazy shit being devised now, but back then, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I don't know how real this movie is either. I didn't go into it thinking it was from history. Maybe the characters that they put in the movie are real characters in China history, but, like, I didn't know how accurate this was. I don't know anything about China history, to be honest, so I don't know how accurate this is. Me neither, to be honest. I just think it's an interesting movie. This movie kind of shows the strengths of Chinese cinema, though. Like, telling a really complicated wuxia typical story, but I feel like the most intense points are not always the martial arts points in the movies like a lot of it is like you feel the tension through just the monologues and the dialogues between the characters because there's so much trickery involved with everyone's plan and the movie kind Mm -hmm. of ends in like an inception type ending where you don't really know what's going to happen right like is the wife going to reveal the truth or not it's one of those like moments that keeps you tense even towards the end when you think there's a resolution but there's really not It was an interesting movie to me, and I just thought, oh, I haven't seen a Chinese movie like that in a long time when I first watched it. And still, when I rewatched it for this podcast, I was like, you know what? It still is awesome. 
Like, it's an awesome action movie if you're into that and really do enjoy the story, even though it's, like, twisted and it's bloody and gruesome. Mm-hmm. I'm just, like, yeah. it's smart. I have to say, I watched this when I was eating dinner. Ooh, and Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be that gruesome. And the first thing, I think, he slashed himself and then he... They try to like put medicine on it. He's just like writhing in pain. But yeah, it's very gruesome because like he's just wounded and they show stuff and it's just like, ugh. Can we recap the ending? Can you recap it for me? Because I actually don't know exactly what happens. Like the sh- the king tricks the shadow guy yeah. into thinking someone else killed his mom. And so as retaliation, the shadow guy kills all of them. The king and the original... So Ziyu is the original guy. The emperor is the emperor. And then the shadow guy is named Jingzhou. So basically, Jingzhou wins this battle for Jing City. And the Pei kingdom takes it back. Because he believes he is to be freed from being Ziyu's shadow, he goes back to his mom's house to find that she has been assassinated. And I think this is where the trickery kind of falls into play. He doesn't know who really assassinated his mom because his mom is already dead but they are about to kill him as well and then someone from the emperor's court kills the assassins and so that's how he survives so he goes back to court and then the emperor reveals that he knows that he's a shadow essentially and that his master Ziyu was the one who tried to assassinate them and then Ziyu Uh, survived his assassination attempt and comes to court there's a lot of assassination in this essentially (laughs) and so Ziyu disguised as the assassin is bringing in a box that's supposed to have his own head in it but then he opens it and he stabs the emperor and basically says surprise motherfucker like i'm not dead yet (laughs) and then these two kind of play a mind game on Jingzhou, like who really killed your mom who are you gonna trust right And in this moment, I think he doesn't trust either of them because I think he knows that actually Ziyu wanted him to die in that battle. Like he knows he was just a ploy so that they could take Mm -hmm. back the city. So he already knows that he's disposable to his original master. And I think he thinks if the king survives, he'll have leverage on Jingzhou for the rest of his life, that he's not truly this commander. He's someone else. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, I think he knows they're both going to betray him. At the end, what happens is Jingzhou goes to kill him as he's going to stab the emperor to finish him off. And then he makes it seem like the assassin was the one who killed the emperor. So they're both dead and he gets to be the king. And then the very last moment of the movie, which is the first moment of the movie is the wife running down the court trying to decide if she's gonna tell everyone the truth or not what stops her from like she's unsure if she wants to and it seems like she's gonna stop is it because she falls in love with the shadow guy i think there's that and i think she doesn't know the total repercussions right like i think you're supposed to kind of feel like she is a devoted wife but she kind of knew that this guy was going crazy and he was gonna die soon anyways right like her original husband Mm -hmm. and it's true that this shadow guy cares for her in some sort of way and she also cares for him 
in a loving way. So it's like right because they do it. Yeah, they do it <laughs> in a very awkward <laughs> doing it scene. Yep. It's like sad doing it. It's like very sad doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the other dude is watching through like the hole in the wall. Yeah, creepy sad doing it. I was gonna ask. Because I thought the sister, the king's sister and the other dude who wants her to be the concubine, like that could have been an interesting story. But I guess how did that fit into the fact that she landed herself on the battlefield and then killed that guy? Was that the turning of the tide of like taking over the city? Yeah, I believe so. Because she's so insulted that her brother even used her as a pawn, as a bargaining chip to ensure that there's peace between these two kingdoms. But he took it as like, we have all the leverage, so I'm going to turn you into a concubine. She gets really insulted by that, right? So she decides to Mm -hmm. go and win back the city, essentially. And when she stabs the son of the General Yang, that's like, the city has fallen. Because there's no one left to defend their claim to the city, essentially. And eventually, both the dad and son die of the Yang clan. Gotcha. I don't know. I feel like this is like such a departure from our usual like smooth yeah. stuff. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's it was super like hard to follow for me. Also, I should just mention I literally thought those two guys, the shadow and the the dying guy, were different actors for the entire movie. I didn't realize they were the same actor. When I found out, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> They're supposed to be like twins or like look alike, you know? And that's why he chooses him to be his shadow. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my gosh, they're just two different actors looking up like who is the actor for Shadow Guy? And it's just like, oh, it's the same person. And while I was looking this up, I found out that that guy is actually also married to the wife in real life. Oh, that's cool. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. It's weird because he's the creep in his own relationship. <laughs> yeah, he's the creep, but he's also the guy who is like the third person in the marriage. Yep, in this thruple. Isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah, I just thought it was so weird. I was like, oh, that's crazy. If I had to give this stars, should I give this like food king stars out of ten stars oh. or like food king stars? Yeah, give your food king star. Food king stars. Then I get one point five, and you get one point five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What would you rate it? I guess I give this a one star. Like, I think it deserves its critical acclaim of all the awards it's been given and all the nominations for the directing and the cinematography and, like, the fight scenes. But personally, it's not something I would watch again. Yeah. I would also give it a one star for us. It's hard because the things that we truly enjoy are, like, high school romance dramas. Like, let's be honest. (laughs) We're not, like, the typical demographic for a wuxia movie, right? But... You're mm-hmm. right. It's a really good movie in terms of everything it accomplished. And I can see the merit in its art. Like, I understand the artistic value that it's bringing to the table. Yeah. But I like the women. Yeah. I like the women in this movie. It was cool. Like, the yin and the yang, the balancing. Mm. I really like that. Yeah, I think the actress who plays the wife did a good job. Because she just looks so alarmed all the, like throughout the entire movie. As she's she just, like, be. alarmed at everything. Yeah. <laughs> she should be because she knows everything and the girl who plays the the king's sister mm-hmm. 
I really thought she was kind of like she didn't have the guts in the beginning. She was just flipping in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I really thought she didn't have the guts to go into the city and, you know, like be part of the people who overtake the city. Or it's like, wow, that's pretty bold of her. Yeah. By the way, that girl is Luhan's girlfriend in real life. Oh, I thought they had like a huge age gap. They do, I think. I think it's like seven years or something like that. Interesting. Okay. Little tidbits for the EXO fans. <laughs> yep exactly so yeah i was surprised that she that she had the guts and to actually like stab him in the end with his own knife yeah isn't that so badass like i felt like the women were so cool it really was a balance of yin and yang and i think the sister is the more masculine one out of the two and then Mm -hmm. like it's balanced by knowing that her brother is the more feminine one quote unquote the themes are so deep in this movie it's like they really thought about how to incorporate that tai chi diagram everywhere (laughs) (laughs) in the tai chi diagram yeah okay should we go to she bang or marries yeah okay should i do yours first yeah oh my gosh you chose all the women (laughs) the only two women in this why do you keep choosing all the women in in because we shows. keep watching all these shows where like the guys aren't that interested like i don't want to play a shoot banger mary between the shadow and the the main guy i'm so sorry because that's what you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> i knew okay i knew that's what you were gonna do so i'm like okay i have to choose like some alternatives okay so by the way this is a mixed bag okay i have one man in here <laughs> okay well that's because there are no other women on this movie besides these two sam's picks for me are the sister so the king's sister who gets sold off as a concubine the wife of the dying man but she also does it with the shadow guy and then the last one is the what is he he's like the son of the enemy yeah son of general yang yeah son of general yang I really don't know that much about the son of General Yang. He really has two scenes in this whole movie. One of them is like he dies and the first one is like, why did you give that knife? I mean, but going off of that, I I don't think I would kill him. I think I would kill the wife of Dying Man slash Shadow's lover because she looks so alarmed all the time. And that would just (laughs) make me really nervous. (laughs) Like... She just looks alarmed. Personal preference? Yeah, it's a personal preference, really. I think everything else about her, her traits, are probably fine. Because she is like the caretaker, (laughs) right? She takes care of both of them. Her dying husband and the guy who's pretending to be her husband. I would bang the son of General Yang. Because it seems like it would be a fun time, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) He seems like pretty, you know, happy and healthy, generally. So you ready? You ready for the concubine life? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he seems like a warrior type dude, so, like, could be fun. And then... Could be exciting for you, yeah. Exactly. And I would marry the king's sister. Because she really turned, like, 180 for me as a character in this movie. In the beginning, she seems very, like, young and naive. But as it goes on, I was surprised that she was so bold. And she did what she thought was right. And she didn't do what the king told her to do, which I think is pretty confident and bold of her. So I think she would protect me throughout, you know, <laughs> life yeah. in China during this age. <laughs> yeah. All the women in here, as I said, that's why I picked them. Like, <laughs> I 
don't know why. Okay, we need to watch something with better male characters. I think Romance is a bonus book has more. So we should watch uh, that. Okay, fine. I'll finish that. How would you shoot Bang Mary, these three? Okay, I think I would marry the wife of Ziyu. And I am okay with her looking alarmed because I think she's a very good seeker keeper. She's loyal. Mm. I mean, I mean, okay, I get it. She she had a moment of sad sex with the shadow. <laughs> but in general, like, I don't think she really faltered in her devotion to her original husband. Because even at the end, she's really conflicted about all of the stuff that happens in the court. Like, oh, shit, my husband's here. Oh, shit, he just died. Like, she's still really torn at the end if she's going to side with her husband or side with her shadow and she's the one who taught everyone the feminine fighting style Mm. with the steel umbrellas so clearly she could hold her own in wuxia land she could do it she could defend you and she didn't die in the end so better than true true the princess and you find out that she asked the general before to just let the shadow go like let him go back Mm -hmm. home yeah and so it's like she has some semblance of morality and she knows that this shadow business is going to be detrimental in the end. Mm-hmm. So I like her. I think she would give me good advice, too. And then I would bang the warrior guy. You're right. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he looks happy, healthy, young. And you know what? He's taking concubines. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. No comment. <laughs> we will be one. We will be concubines. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to kill the sister, but I will. No, there's no good reason. I'm just killing her just because. She's she's cool. She's awesome. But she just doesn't make the cut because I think the wife is a little more wise. A little more wise. A little more experience we have in such, navigating China. We have such different answers. I gotta kill the wife because she looks so alarmed. And you're like, she's loyal even though she had had sad sex with the other guy. But she's gonna be my wife. It's so hard to do a fun shoot bang or marry with these characters, to be honest. We're never doing a serious movie again. <laughs> our first and last time, all of our Latin listeners will be highly disappointed with this. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Okay. Should I do your picks now? Yep. Okay. Chris's picks for me are... <laughs> the descriptions you wrote are really funny. Guy who gets arrowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you translate it to what his real name is and then what's his role? Because I actually don't know what... I don't remember any of their names. Yeah, so the guy who gets arrowed, his name is Tian Zan. Or General Tian, Mm -hmm. I think. That's what the English translation is in Netflix. He's the one that, like, storms off. Yeah, he storms off because he believes that the king is wrong for selling his sister as a concubine. And then, I mean, it's a badass move. He just stabs himself with the arrow. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'll do it myself because he can't even do it, which is badass. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and then you chose General Yang, the OG, not the son, the papa. The dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you chose Ziyu, who is the OG, not the shadow. Mm-hmm. The one who's dying and living in that cave underground yeah. or whatnot. So I would kill Ziyu. He's pretty creepy. <laughs> he's looking through holes (laughs) Mm -hmm. he i think he just is so brutal and will do anything to regain the power so much so that he's willing to just 
destroy everything. And he's very manipulative. So I don't think we could have a fun, stable relationship in any capacity because he would just be trying to like use my mind somehow. And I'd always be like, I can't do anything. So yeah, I'd kill him. <laughs> okay. I would marry General Tian because he's badass. You know? Interesting. I like that he stood up to the king when he believed that like the princess was being used unfairly. And he was like fed up with all of this like court politics. And he was just like, fuck it. I'll go lead the revolution myself. He also has doubts about Ziyu. And he even tells that to Jingzhou, like, bro, you're the better commander. What happens to General Tian at the end? Nothing. He becomes a general he again. Stays? Yeah. Oh, he stays in court? But he also knows that that's the shadow. So mm-hmm. I guess there's something unresolved about that too. Like, you don't know if now that Jingzhou is the emperor, what he'll do. Like, if he'll reward him or if he'll kill him. Kill him to silence him. Yeah. And then I guess I have to bang Papa Papa Yang. <laughs> no. No? He's okay. But we just said he would bang his son. Yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> These are unrelated. I'm not doing them back to back. Okay. And you're just picking him to bang because he's the last one left. Yeah, and I just, I mean, the other option is to bang the decrepit general. Dude is decrepit. I don't want it. (laughs) True, true. Why, do you disagree? No, I think I'd kill him. But my reasoning is slightly different than yours. It's because he has long hair and doesn't (laughs) tie it up. Okay, fair enough. You have your preferences and they matter. (laughs) The whole movie, his hair is just in the way. Just always in the way. And his face while he's fighting it's just gross and we know he's kind of crippled like whatever fight he got in before he was like crippled from it or whatnot right so we know he's already dying so i would shoot him and then i would bang general tian oh and then i would marry papa yang (laughs) why because papa yang he's the leader of his own area yeah what do you call that clan faction oh, oh okay. <laughs> well yeah he's the leader of his own clan right pretty much clan yeah so there would be a lot of power i can be the wife of of a clan of a leader of the clan <laughs> wife of a clan <laughs> the whole clan this is your wife <laughs> okay fair um, enough that's true he does have more power than general Tian. yeah he seems to hold more power he's the leader of his army mm-hmm. general Tian. First of all, he just quit his job. Like, <laughs> Unstable. <in the> scene. <laughs> Unstable. <laughs> Unstable. So like he has to like go undercover to get back his title. So I would bang him because I think the arrow, you know, when he like stabs himself with an arrow, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool move. Like, huh, stab. And then he, he like storms off, right? Yeah. yeah, I think to bang someone like that might be a good... Um, good time? yeah (laughs) i think i'm thinking like you know he has the guts yeah he is not afraid he'll take chances in bed right (laughs) yeah i'm sure it can be translated that way like stabbing himself with an arrow equals taking chances in bed he'll be your adventurer in bed (laughs) yep overall two stars two out of three stars for this movie go watch it if you have 
nothing else to do and are itching to watch something with dark cinematography and pretty interesting fight scenes i would say yeah i think your dad should watch this he might be a little off put by the sad yeah. sex scene <laughs> but i feel like asian dads understand it's a plot device to move the wuxia mm-hmm. along they, they just want to watch the action basically for sure but yeah not really our cup of tea but you know what we're gonna discuss it anyways if you have asian parents ask your asian parents to watch it yeah they're gonna like it all right that's it for this week's episode if you have a suggestion for an interesting show we should talk about, probably not for next week because we will be talking about romance as a bonus book, you can email us at projectbcfpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Project BCF. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye!